welcome to episode nine of the on a family base podcast my name's jake i'm dan i'm dallas and i'm dan and we are four cousins taking a trip around the base to talk about baseball this is part of the to talk about on this monday night so but before we actually start we want to make a statement as a podcast and dallas want you to uh, take it away we do we would all like to just take a quick moment to acknowledge the ongoing situation overseas uh, that's taking place in the Ukraine. It's uh, challenging to watch the events unfold the way that they have. We'd like to express our support and admiration for those who fight and defend their sovereignty and homeland. Uh, stay strong and keep up the fight. There is no easy way to transition, so let's make it hard right and say what have you what have you guys been watching this past week? <laughs> I Viviana actually came down to visit. So shout out to Viv because I know she listens and watches the episode. So that's awesome. Poppy, thank you. Uh, she came down on Friday and we actually had a really fun couple days. We got to hang out like one on one for the first time in a while, which is really nice. Uh, we ended up watching this show called Murderville on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Hilarious. It is so so funny. So we watched that, crushed it, and then Saturday morning we started this Korean drama about uh, zombies in a high school, which is one of the most gory but intense and awesome shows I've seen in a long time. It was all on all in subtitles. It was great. I recommend anybody watch it. Uh, it's called All of Us Are Dead, and it's on Netflix, wow. and it's incredible. So that's what I watched. No sports. Wow. Because there really it's... wasn't any sports about. Dallas, what have, what have you been watching? I uh, watched a little bit of the stadium series that took place here in Nashville against the uh, Lightning. Um, and outside of that, sports-related, not much. But uh, I, just, I watched the first episode of Chernobyl again for the second time yesterday. Um, <laughs> and I also have been watching that Murderville. And that's, dude, episode three is hilarious, but I was on the treadmill watching the Marshawn Lynch episode. And was oh, yeah. to myself yes. very loud. Yes, yeah. ridiculous. He was so, so funny. Yeah, he, dude, he took the he took the acting really well. Like I get that it's not you know scripted or whatever, yeah. and that's just him. But it but what, it, it was it worked. It was really funny. Dude, what's the guy's name yeah. from The Eternals and Come on, then Johnny. Yeah, Camille, non Johnny. He had such a hard time keeping it together. It was hilarious. <laughs> like the way that he and. Uh, um, what's his name? Arnett played like played Will off each Arnett, other. Yeah. Will Arnett. It's just yeah, classic timeless. Like that episode will be one of the funniest. I think things I've watched thus far this year. Dude, when he had him walking down the hallway, he's like, "You gotta do a cool walk." <laughs> yeah, you gotta do the cool. Walk. <laughs> no, no, you gotta do a stupid walk. walk. You gotta like, <laughs> make me look good. It's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, sure. So, so, Dan, why don't you go this time? What have you been watching? Uh, not a lot. There hasn't been a lot of sports on in the first place. Catch a couple hockey games here and there, but I did watch uh, the first, what's been released, the first season of that How I Met Your Father spinoff of How I Met Your Mother. How was that? Um, I don't know. Basic NBC show. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Hillary Duff though, man. Black it does. Old, it old, does uh, have, you know. It does have Hillary Duff. Duff. Uh, that's the. No, she looks incredible. Show. She looks great. 
that's pretty much the whole show. It's, I mean, it, it was okay. I got, I got to watch it too. Just keep watching it. Like Katie. Version uh, of her that runs around on her <laughs> No, no, there <laughs> isn't. I think she's past the cartoon versions of herself. Dude, I wish Gordo um, would show up in that show. I mean, he might. You never know. They're only like six, seven episodes in. Weird fact. They'll see. They're still, they're still season one. They, he was like nine years older than everyone else on that show in real life. Yeah, he was like 42 playing a uh, 15-year-old <laughs> 17 kid. 17-year-old. It's crazy. But uh, hey, it's not bad. But there. honestly, just haven't had a lot of time, man. I've had a lot of time to really dedicate to TV watching. Uh, Dallasman, I did watch Murderville. I watched Murderville the week it came out. And uh, yeah, almost all the episodes are like great to watch. Maybe re-watching them multiple times. Um, this past week, I feel like I'm always talking about this, but it definitely ends t- tonight, is that... The Marvel shows on Netflix are taken off Netflix. So tonight, as we record the 20th, February 20th, they are taken off tonight. So I actually finished uh, all three seasons of Daredevil and the two seasons of The Punisher. And are they going to Disney? Or are they just going off of streaming altogether? So they're going to be put on Disney Plus in Canada in oh, the middle well, of March. So that works. Right, right. So as of right now, no, they will not be anywhere. Um, which, well, well, <clears throat> so side note, Dan, thanks for listening to uh, last week's episode where Jake and I discussed this very thing. Um, <laughs> Jake and I are both in agreement that it's going to end up on Hulu since Disney owns Hulu and Hulu can have a little more uh, edgier content than obviously Google blood, yeah. blood, swear words. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so the, but that ends tonight. So next week I'll actually have a different answer. So yeah. why don't we uh, go to the news stories of this week and we'll kind of hit these pretty fast. So the first story, it comes out of college baseball, and Ben was texting me a lot this past week, which rightfully so. He was talking about Tommy White, so affectionately known as Tommy Tanks. So Tommy Tanks, if you have not been watching college baseball, he plays for NC State. He's a third baseman, and very quickly, his stats through eight games – He's hitting over 500. He has, a, he has nine home runs, 20 hits, and has an OPS over two. So, Ben, do you have anything to say about Tommy Tanks? Of course. We, yeah, how could I not? The dude, yeah, okay. The dude is absolutely crushing all pitching. Now, is it sustainable? Is he going to keep on this pace? I hope so, because that would be insane. And I think it would force people like ESPN and four sports center to actually cover baseball, college, college baseball, you know, uh, it might be the only baseball we get. Yeah, exactly. Right. So really Brutus says hi. Um, I think we need to try to get like, so we all have colleges that we either dude, We all have colleges (laughs) that we either uh, went to or support in, in different aspects, right? Like Illinois state for me, 
uh, in Florida, Jake, Mizzou, Dallas, you know, he's at Vanderbilt and then Miami and Dan, any college under the sun. So I think we all have like teams that we root for and guys that we root for, but there's no way that you can't see the numbers that this guy's putting up and not root for him, not want him to succeed, not want him to keep this pace, especially as a true freshman. I mean, this is an 18 year old kid who's up there just mashing the baseball at a at a record pace when they've dumbed down college bats they've made it safer so that the ball doesn't come off the bat as hard and as fast so it doesn't kill a pitcher um and this dude is just absolutely mashing and i think the coolest part this is the last thing i'll say because i know we're going fast last thing i'll say is that it seems like almost every home run he hits dead center field or like right center field which is just an incredible display of power you know, because yeah. well, center field is normally the furthest part of the park, and and it takes. I mean, that should mean he's keying up the ball, absolutely smashing it. You got it. Which means his timing is good. He's got a good yeah. hand hand eye. You know, well, bat to ball skill. Absolutely, it's crushing. It. Yeah, the uh, the one thing is that in his first game in college baseball, he hit three home runs. So that was their first college game at eighteen years old. That's you, pretty good. Do you know how many – have you actually done, like, any kind of research in the kid? How many of he's hit off breaking balls? Or is he just teeing up some fastballs? Oh, I thought you were going to drop some more knowledge. I have no idea. No, I'm asking. Seen... Genuinely asking. Yeah. I didn't no, – I saw so, the messages on, earlier in the week. I just – I didn't so. uh, I didn't reach yeah. out and, like, look through yeah. it all. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll put the video of all of his home runs. So someone's put together – a uh, short little reel on Instagram of his nine home runs. What we'll do is we'll put that on our Instagram so you guys can see that. So if you guys want to check out Curveball Fastball Show, either way, he's hitting line. So, um, you know, it's great for an 18-year-old. So we'll move on quickly to Psych Story, and uh, Des will get your take on this. Uh, Marcus Stroman, the new Cubs uh, starting pitcher who they just signed before the lockout, he spoke about his time in the Mets and some of the kind of revealing information he gave about his time with the Mets is that repeatedly as a Mets player, Mets fans uh, were not very kind, let's say. So some of the a quote that he has uh, that he tweeted in his still up, uh, still up if you want to see it. He said he got endless death threats, being called the N word, hearing black lives don't matter, and playing for a front office who didn't care about any of that. So, not great. Dallas, Dallas, what is, what is your uh, take of that? How, uh, yeah, do you have a take on that? No. Not great. Just say not great. No, I'm just like, I feel like not this good. is just such a slam dunk for anybody that gets asked this question. Well, so, I mean, well if you would think. somebody, If somebody doesn't just say that this is awful and terrible treatment of a human being, let alone like, not like regardless of them being an athlete, like then you're, you're an athlete, you're, you're a jerk. If you, if you don't say that this is terrible. So, um, that's nice. I mean, this is this is on par with like FIFA players like abroad that like have bananas thrown at them like while they're yeah. while they're playing. Yeah. Like this Horrible. is this is ridiculous. Obviously should never stand. Uh the fact that it happened in, in New York and nothing was done about it is as a shock to me, kind of appalling. The fact that he's coming to Chicago, hopefully there's a little bit more uh, like-minded folks that 
wouldn't do crazy things like that. Um, I understand, you know, sporting sporting events get heated and whatever, like as a spectator even, but like maybe just remember that you're supposed to be a human being first before a sports fan. So yeah, um, yeah, never you know, somebody on the, on the base of like their anything about them. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just crazy. The fact that this yeah. happens in 2022, 2021, it's just uh, something I hope. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I it, it, it obviously branches into a bigger topic of, of, of race right. and, and all of that right. stuff, which obviously we're not equipped to handle on this podcast. Um, but or at least in this Dallas, episode. Yeah, in this episode, right. exactly right. Um, I think to Dallas's point, though, it's so disappointing, but it's not surprising. I'll say that. It's, right. You, you know, and Dal, you said, you know, him coming to Chicago, he might have better luck. There's some pretty terrible oh. people that live in Chicago as well. You know, there's, there's yeah. terrible people he everywhere. Could, he could go, yeah. yeah. I mean, and unfortunately, it really is just gross people. And I don't mean gross like physically, I just mean gross like personality wise. Just terrible, probably ugly, ugly people making terrible statements about a human being and you're exactly right it's it's disappointing but it's unfortunately not surprising yeah so uh well keep i think he's going to speak about that when the whenever the lockout is you know ended which could be we'll talk about that in a second but he said he'll make more comments and you know, talk to media whenever the time is, you know, open for players and whatever. So we'll kind of hit back on that at a later time. So uh, what we'll do is we'll go to the third topic. And this is kind of, this comes from a text that Dan sent earlier or late last week. He sent a, a quote from Joey Gallo, the outfielder for the New York Yankees very well known as a home run hitter and a pole hitter. He came out very strongly against uh, baseball sh shifts, the infield shifts, the outfield shifts. Um, he said in a quote, I get the defensive strategies. I do. I'm, I'm not, I'm a hundred percent not against that, but I think at some point you have to fix the game a little bit. I mean, I don't understand how I'm supposed to hit a double or triple when I have six guys standing in the outfield. So, Dan, uh, what do you have to say about what Joe Gallo thinks of the shifts? Do you agree? I mean, it's his opinion, but um, what's your? I have opinion? no problem with the shifts. Yeah. Uh, no, I like the shifts. And, I mean, if you're going to utilize the best you, uh, offensive strategy, defensive strategy, you can. If a hitter is intentionally trying to go the opposite way, you pitch him a certain way, regardless. You position your beat defense the best way you can. I don't. He doesn't like it, no, because it eliminates. Because he's a dead pull hit, hit hitter who struggles mightily to go opposite field. Of course, he doesn't like it. They're eliminating his gap power. They're eliminating down the line. But I have nothing against. I have, I love the shift. I think it makes for more interesting play. It makes for more interesting outcomes. It allows teams to work on plays as far as uh, hitting, base running, position to position. And I think Joey Galloway needs to learn how to go oppo. Yeah, and I think this conversation could be a whole topic, and we can kind of debate over this. 
uh, because there's good arguments on both sides for for and against it, or maybe revising the rule. So, if you guys are interested, maybe in the future we'll have to we'll have a, a special episode just about like rule changes in baseball, and this shift is could be one. So, we'll talk about that as it comes down the road. The last piece of news is it just came out this morning that the captain, Derek Jeter, is mutually, the, he is going to be stepping away as the CEO of the Miami Marlins after four seasons. He and the Marlins are going to be mutually parting ways. And he said, the main quote that everyone's taken away from Derek Jeter stepping away is, he said in his statement, the vision for the future of the franchise is different from the one I signed up to lead, which directly goes to the the assumptions and the inferences about he was trying to put a winning team on the field and with a payroll under $60 million and the ownership not willing to spend more money. He left because they were not willing to pull the trigger and go big on uh, on players spending money. So, you know what? We actually earlier made a a, a free agent prediction of where these free agents will go. And one key player that was tied to go to the Marlins was Nick Castellanos. Now, reports immediately after Derek Jeter announced he will be stepping away. Immediately, reports came out that he was pursuing Nick Castellanos before the blackout, but the ownership did not want to spend money right away, which they already spent money before, but he was going to demand high dollars. So Nick Castellanos may not end up with the Marlins because of this. So we'll kind of have to see how it turns out. But does anyone have anything to say about Derek Jeter stepping away? Yeah, I mean, I heard the same thing about the competitiveness being the reason that he was leaving, right? And you've got to look at a guy like Derek Jeter, who's one of the ultimate winners in baseball, right? He was on the Yankees. He won all those championships. He knows what it's like to win. Um, you can't bring a guy like that into your franchise and then expect him to just be like, I'm good with finishing with 50 wins a season, you know, like that's just not, that's not in his DNA. That's not who he is. So like, I understand. Plus he's not hurting for cash. So him stepping away, whether they, you know, give him the rest of his money that he's due, whether he's not, he's there, Jeter, he's straight. You know what I mean? I just hope he gets the opportunity again to run a franchise or to be part of a, you know, ownership or general manager or whatever. For, for another team, I just hope that whoever brings him in expects that this is who he is, this is what he's going to want to do, which is win baseball games. Crazy that that should be your strategy is to win baseball games, huh? So I just hope he gets another chance to do it uh, with a team that's willing to um, help him, I guess. Well, the earlier early reports are that he does not he is not intending to possibly join another front office right away and actually an early report is that espn is going to pursue him to possibly do some analysis work 
which could be fun to see maybe Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter on the same, you know, um, broadcast. That'd be fun. Awkward. So I wonder how much they like it. each other. Yeah. I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder if they're, uh, no, I've got more. I've got the feeling that they are not that close. We'll go to first base, and our first base topic is the MLB and MLBPA, the CBA negotiations. And actually, I do want to say this up front. Now, we are recording this on Monday night, and this is when the deadline is, you know, the self-imposed deadline from the league is set. So according to According to the league, they need to make a deal by midnight tonight to start the regular season on time. Now, before I get into predictions, and I think we've already made our predictions, I do want to say this. Uh, reporter Evan Drellich, uh, as, as well as many other people, but Evan Drellich says that just three minutes ago that the MLB and the MLBPA lawyers have met now for an eighth time today. So there's plenty of uh, stuff that came out about that. But what if, what if you guys thought, uh, why don't we start, uh, Ben, why don't you start? What have you thought about the strategy of the MLB and MLBPA meeting so much? this last week should they have possibly done more meetings before this and doesn't this seem like a, a last ditch effort i think at this point everything has to be a last ditch effort i mean we're at, we're at a breaking point where we're yeah. looking at losing yeah. no i'm just saying i i don't know if more meetings are what they need or if it's got to be like, I don't know how best to get them to have a productive meeting. I don't know if it's a lengthy individual meeting or if it's more readily scheduled meetings that's going to get them to come to uh, progression with the, at the table. Because it seems yeah. like they're still off, like, a tremendous amount. Like, there's yeah. gaps. There's big gaps in all different categories that they keep bring it up and every every day i feel like it's a new topic that gets brought to light that they're like on complete opposite ends of so the point that i was Good. i was asking the point that i was going to make the point that i was going to make to dan was uh you're a mechanic so what's better is it better wait until you're falling off your car to to go into uh the shop to get it fixed or is it better to do you know keep maintain and and progress throughout you know, the life of your vehicle, right? If the MLB and the MLBPA wanted to get this done, they should have started before they took like a two month break at the end of the season to get it done. They shouldn't have waited until the week that they gave the self-imposed deadline to get some progress done, to make these changes. Like, so Jake, you're saying that they're incremental, like incremental right, progress right. conversations. Wouldn't it have been better if that was taking place in December or even early January, those conversations take place so that we're not at the point we are now where they're trying to cram uh, a week's worth of homework into one week before the final comes out and you have to, you know, turn everything in. You know what I mean? Like they should have well, been that's what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, they should have been proactively working on this 
and not waiting until the last minute to get stuff done. And but Ben, will will you do you believe that that waiting that no action was a tactic or was that kind of just fumbling over themselves? Was that done yeah, on purpose or was a that helpful? Yeah, a it was on purpose. Both both sides attention. tried to call bluff on the other one. Yeah, I and think when neither, neither one budged, not an you were the shot. Now we're in the spot where we know. Yeah, I mean, I think the MLB is the one who had a date in mind, where if this doesn't get done by February twenty eighth, then we're going to cancel games. Like they knew that going in. There's no way that they just randomly came up with a date three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were like, we don't figure this out by then. They knew, and MLB's like, if we can lose out on games, we can get the players to bend over and to kind of give up more than they're willing to give up now. And Peter Moylan, who used to be a reliever for the Braves, uh, he does a lot of analyst work and stuff now. He was talking about baseball revenue for the owners has gone straight up, skyrocketed, right? right. Like, you can say baseball is a dying sport. Baseball's still making a ton of money, and that's all. It, it always comes down to his money, right? Owners are making a ton of money, but the players' salaries have either steadfast or even started to dip a little bit. So, like, it's the same as the rest of the country, man. No, exactly. And I'm not, you know, again, this isn't like a giant. We're not going to get into a giant. uh, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. No, let's do it. (laughs) Let's let's talk economics. Let's talk capitalism. Let's go. I see what Ben's saying, though, and it is it is ridiculous. At least the players are in the position to. Um, be able. I mean, they're already in a union, and um, I mean, if the rest of us were all in like a common union, we'd be able to do the same thing. But they are in a uh, position to go on strike for millions of dollars. So, like the people like us are going to be like, "Why are you complaining?" While it's really a, just a reflection of everything that's been going on in a grander sense, just with the bigger numbers. I mean, it's like Dan, me, Ben, Jake, we all make X amount of dollars and the people above us make X times six to like the two are uh, like multiplied by exponent of 17. It's like, it's crazy. So I think we're just, we're just like looking at them in a bubble, but really they're just fighting for their, their chunk of bread too, for what they're worth. So Jake, yeah. he said, you know, word. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so someone broke down how much money would up a player making the minimum lose per day, and then the highest paid player would just make sure how much he's gonna be losing per day. And yes, the max shares of the world are gonna be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every day. Sure. We're but also we're not necessarily talking about him. We're talking about the majority of the league that is going to be losing like a one hundredth or maybe even like a like a percentage point of what Max Scherzer makes. So the number was that he was going to Max Scherzer, who gets paid what thirty four mil this year, or should be paid. Uh, if the lockout goes, he will lose over $230,000 a day. So we're not talking about him. We're talking about the player who, by the minimum standard, is going to be losing over $4,000 a day. 
that's a major disparity. So when we think about it, the average player is not losing like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. They're losing. So yes, for someone like Max, he's actually in there, you know, talking with the league in the, the lawyers and trying to figure this out. But it's also for the guy who makes, you know, considerably less money, but is going to need that money to, you know, keep going. Which I know is quite a bit more than what we got going, but still. But kind of to Dallas's point, like if his job or my job, right, or Dan's job, or, or you know, if we are making that much money, we would also, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, it seems like a lot because we don't have that money. But if we were to take it, break it down to me at my job making X amount of dollars, and then if my company was like, yeah, we're just going to lock the doors to the building and you're not allowed in. Um, you know, figure it out. Like that would be crippling. And we're not talking like like Jake said. It's it's the old bell curve, right? So we're not talking about Scherzer, who's on the way other other end. Right. We're talking about the the twenty sixth guy on the roster who's fringe hanging on, who's making the league minimum, who's who's you know, we can say oh seven hundred thousand dollars. They're debating for the league minimum, or they're trying to change that price around. So it's like right around seven hundred thousand, right? So. That seems like a ton of money to us, but to major league players, that's the league minimum. You know what I mean? That's like minimum wage for anybody in any job. And so it's just tough. Like you feel for those guys because all they want to do is do their job, right? They want to be playing baseball. They want to be out on the field with their with their friends and their teammates, you know, trying to win a championship or a piece of metal, as Manfred would call it. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what you're trying to do. And if you're not having that opportunity, you're not given the chance because of selfish, greedy owners, it's frustrating. And so I get why the players are so angry. I get why the players are so annoyed and so mad. But I also respect the fact that Scherzer is there despite making the most money. He's there in the room fighting. Yeah, you know, one of the – I'll make this – is that one of the early tweets that – kind of riled up fans but also kind of created a debate was again it came from evan drellich and his tweet said mlb today and this was around 1 p.m central time he said mlb today indicated a willingness to miss a month of games and took a more threatening tone than yesterday sources breaked on to on the on the day's first meeting uh, told Ken Rosenthal and Fabian uh, Adria, and the full context was not known. So, is this so? What is your prediction? Let's just make this so we every I feel like every week we make a prediction, but with this kind of going down to the wire in a more threatening tone being taken today, what is our prediction? Is it going to be in mid April? Is it going to be May? What do you guys think? Dan, what is your prediction? I stand by my previous prediction of end of April, beginning of May. Yeah. I uh, I saw this tweet. I think Buster only tweeted it or something. And it, and it, and it really kind of annoyed me, too. Because, I, I mean, I, we'll get off the – I'll get off my soapbox here in a second. But it's like they – MLB came in with the mindset of – like one exec tweeted out and was – or sent a text message or something along the lines of, be prepared for June, like June 1st. 
if we don't get baseball till June 1st, that is an absolute, first of all, Manfred should be shot to the moon in a rocket. Just send him way out of here if, if we don't get baseball till June. But also, it, I mean, it lacks total respect for the players and the fans. And then lastly, it's like, how can you go into a negotiation just having zero intention of negotiating under goodwill? You know what I mean? Like, imagine going into a negotiation just, I'm not changing, I'm not budging. Like, that just seems so crazy to me. You should have a little give and take, both players and, and the owners on that. But it's like, have a little give and take. Don't don't just come in with, like, we're not breaking from this point. Sorry, that's just, that's just how it is. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, so Ben, what is your prediction then? What's your thought? I'm gonna go. Is I'm gonna it June first? No, I'm gonna piggyback okay. off Dan. I think I think uh, middle of April, middle of April. I think they'll I think they'll pull their heads out of their butts, but um, it's gonna take it's gonna take some work. Yeah, they're gonna miss some games though for sure. Yeah. So Dallas, what's your thought? Uh, I'm hoping for May first would be great. Be so, what about you, Jake? Yeah, so my thought is that I heard some uh, conversation today saying that the, on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, and that's April, I believe it's 17th, someone was making the argument that they have it figured out and they maybe have opening day April 17th. I just, I'm not that, I'm not optimistic. Uh, I mean, that's just where I'm at. I, if I'm really honest, as far as they are apart, Dan has pointed this out, they remain very far apart. I'm not, I'm going to be optimistic and say, I hope they get like about 120 games, which maybe mid May. I mean that's yeah, I mean, optimistic. That be... I th- I think I think honestly the bigger bigger part of me wants to wants to say they want to do June first, and they'll figure yeah. it out from there. So we well, had, I mean, we haven't had a normal baseball season in three years. Now we had COVID, and then we had a bad yeah. whatever weird year last year, and now this year it's just like get it together. I mean, they've had years to figure this out. I still can't. Yeah, and this is, again, we're recording on Monday night, and, you know, by the time this comes out, hopefully they have something figured out, and we'll record some uh, if they do. But I'm going to say they don't. So we're all predicting at least a delay of uh, at least a couple weeks, if not a month, if not my prediction, at least two or three months. So we'll move on from there. So... Why don't we, again, go to a happier conversation and have some fun. Ben, why don't you lead us? We're going to have our second round of the of our trivia game. All right. Question number one. Which reliever was the first to make the Baseball Hall of Fame? Goose Gossage, Dennis Eckersley, Raleigh Fingers, or Hoyt Wilhelm? Jake. I'm gonna. I'm just guessing, Goose. Interrupt. Dennis Eckersley. Dallas, what'd you say? I already said Raleigh. Incorrect, Dan. Dennis Eckersley. Incorrect. It's Hoyt Wilhelm. All the other. Wrong. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Question two. Podcast. 
So the yeah, we are a baseball podcast. So the comeback player of the year was originally sponsored by which of these company companies? Coca Cola, Wheaties, Energizer, or Viagra? Read that again. Dallas is fucking his camera. <laughs> All right. Which company was originally the sponsor of the Comeback Player of the Year award? I hope it's Viagra. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Viagra, Wheaties, or Energizer? Wheaties. Dallas, Wheaties. Dallas, Wheaties, incorrect. Jake? Energizer? Incorrect. Viagra. Dan, Dan say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say Viagra, but I don't think it is. Come on, it is Viagra. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. Stop Stop it. It. Insane, it. right? Yeah, I never would have thought that. I also would have guessed the other three before that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so question number three. Proud of you, Dan. You guys are off to a hot start. Who holds the record? What batter holds the record for the most consecutive games without striking out? We have Chili Davis, Aaron Judge, Babe Ruth. Or Reggie Jackson. Dallas. I was scratching. You seem less confident as that hand. As that hand went further up. Dan? I'm just going to take the obscure answer and do Chili Davis. Dan is Googling. Incorrect. Stuff. Well, he's also wrong. So he's Googling. I'm also I'm looking at the stuff. <laughs> Get off your phone, Dan. So, so what are the other options? Aaron Judge, Babe Ruth, or Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson. Wait, hold on. Consecutive games he struck out or did No, without striking out. No strikeouts. Uh, I'm going to guess. I guess. Go ahead. Uh, Babe Ruth. Incorrect. Dallas? I'm going with Reggie what Jackson. Going? Incorrect. It's actually Aaron Judge. His no, rookie year. no, 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 no. Look it's it up. Not... Look it up. I. I... <laughs> I would switch off my camera to go prove it, but we know what happened last time. Bro, okay. we have not gotten one right. Dan got by Dan Agri, did. So that was oh, – Dan's got one right. All right. Sorry, no. right, by okay. Dan. Go ahead. Chill. This is the last baseball question. So who holds the record for the most hits in a single season? George Sisler, Lefty O'Doul, Darren Erstad, or Ichiro? Ichiro. Jake? Bing, bing. Jake on the board with the points. I mean, you're saying. Okay. I know you are. I know you are. Okay, so this is worth two points. So, Dal, you got a chance to get right back in this. You can take a lead. Dan, Jake, you guys, you guys can put some numbers up. This is the Marvel question. Point one, what is the name of Thor's hammer? Mjolnir. Dallas. Wow, Dan. Raise your fat hand. Dallas, go. <laughs> Mjolnir. It's weird spelling. You got to look it up. <laughs> All right. So, Dallas, you you got the name sure. right? Sure. Point two. M-J-O-L-E-R. Incorrect. Who Too wants close. to take a shot? Jake? Uh, M-J-O-I-L-E-R. Incorrect. Dan? I'm not even going to try. Dan, put your phone <laughs> down. The correct spelling is M J O L N I R. And Mjolnir. Mjolnir. All right, so that's one point for Jake and one point for Dan. And Dallas laid a fat old egg. I got a one point. What did you get? I guess the name. Yeah. Oh, you did get the name. My my bad, fam. My bad. 
Alright, so put one point on the board. So is it what do Dan and I get one point or two? One, bro. How did it work last time? You, you, this was my game. You think I'd remember? Yeah. Well, you had ten questions. This time we only had five. So then we all oh, get we two have ten points. questions. Yeah. 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 How points. do you not do this? I forgot. <laughs> well, normally I would have my phone open and I would be able to look and just keep scrolling through, but I had to yeah. handwrite everything in chicken scratch. If only you were prepared prior to. I was. Hasu took the good computer. Whatever. I'm not going to look at all this. We, we learn lessons. All right. We get better. <laughs> I will have this. Is, I will have this is episode nine. This is episode nine. We have time to get better. Okay. We do. We do. So there you go. Everybody, two points. I don't. So, so Dan, you'll take third base. We'll move on from. Always kind of horrible. So third base is we're going to talk about the AL Central. Damn, I'll take yeah. it away. Uh, it's the best division in baseball, bro. Okay. Yikes. That is so wrong. <laughs> uh, okay, so AL Central, very easy. Um, White Sox won the division last year by 13 games. Uh seem to have put a team together that's going to compete for the division uh, for what hopes to be the next three to five years. Easy. They've got three out of their starters guaranteed to return and locked up for at least the next two plus years. You're also a lot of reports coming out. They're moving Kopech from the bullpen to the starting rotation, which gives you a big hope for having four guys. And that's saying they're going to lose Rodon. I'm not expecting Rodon to return, uh, but you're looking at four guys, and on the off chance they do get Rodon to come back, you're looking at a a good solid five starting rotation. Clearly would be the best rotation in the AL Central, if not possibly competing for the best rotation in the AL altogether. I think Detroit will probably come out better than they did last year. I think Detroit probably uh, – Gives the Sox the best run. I don't think the Sox will win the division by double digits this year. I think uh, with Detroit and I think the Twins will be better than they were projected to or that they were last year. Last year they were absolutely atrocious and played under where everyone expected them to play. They got rid of guys like Nelson Cruz, like uh, Jose Barrios. I still think they'll be okay. I think the Twins will – I think the Kansas City will retake their pole position at the bottom of the league, at the bottom of the division. But I still think the Sox win the division. I think it will be by a little bit closer than their 13-game differential 2021 season. I think the 22 season, they still win it, but it's by a little bit less than 13. I'm guessing more like an 8 to 9. All right. So since Dan didn't even acknowledge the Indian or the uh, Guardians, excuse me, um, they will also finish poorly. Um, this is <laughs> yeah, absolutely I don't need to. the White Sox. This is absolutely the White Sox division to lose. Um, I mean, unless they absolutely crap the bed or they get some significant injuries that are like devastating to the team. I'm talking like Robert is out, or uh, well, you Neil need to have so, okay, or you know, I'm just saying like. Based on the rosters currently constructed, and this is without free agent, you know, additional free agent uh, moves, 
the White Sox are clearly going to be the, the head and shoulders winner of that division. I think the Tigers come in right at about 10 or 13 games, like 10 or 12 games behind. But I think the Tigers are number two. And then I think the Guardians, Twins, and Royals will finish out the division. So, But I think Spencer Torkelson will come up for the Tigers once they figure out what they're going to do with the manipulating service time, if they get rid of that or, or if they don't or whatever that case is. Um, he'll come up. I think he has the potential to be rookie of the year in the AL. And then I think Robert, as of right now, is the favorite to win MVP in Vegas. He's a plus 3,000, so he's the front runner uh, in Vegas to win AL MVP. So if you have Robert leading your team and he's healthy and, and puts a full season together, there's no way the Sox are going to finish any worse than 10 or 12 games above whoever's in second place. Yeah, I think we can all kind of unanimously say the White Sox are going to w- win the division. I hope they do. I mean, I don't. I do, I just think that we all agree on that. I actually made the graphic for our prediction two weeks ago because I just knew the White Sox yeah. would be a bunch choice. So that's kind of being said. So I, I agree with you guys. I do think the White Sox take it. Of course. Uh, can I? I want to agree with Ben that the Detroit Tigers are going to put up. A better season. I mean, last season was actually not even that bad. Per se. I know they finished third, but it was not a bad season. And they, I, they've gotten free agents. They have young players coming up. I do believe that they will make progress. But will they make up a 13-15 game difference? No. I think it would be closer to uh, seven, six, seven games. They will not make a wild card spot. No. But but really, the bottom three, I, I don't know how else to put it. I just, I see them. They're not good teams. Three. No, they're not good. So at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'll be surprised if one of those three teams wins 70 games, to be honest. Oh, I, mean, I, think, I, I think you'll have two of them win 70. I think the Twins and the and the Guardians will uh, in their inaugural season here uh, will uh, win at least seventy. I think honestly, right now, I think last time I read, uh, Kansas City is projected to finish fourth in the division with seventy one, wow. and Cleveland is projected at third. I think at like a mid eighty, like eighty three, eighty five. Gosh, wow. yeah, I, I think that's high. I that's think it's probably high. like I think it's like a ten game high there on their wins. I do think they'll I think you'll have the lowest in my opinion will be Kansas City and Minnesota right. fighting for bottom. I think Minnesota's a better ball club than they're probably gonna play. But I think you're still looking at at least four teams in seventy plus wins. Uh and I think Kansas City finishes out at the bottom of the barrel. Well, actually, so my my point for the Twins is going to be this. I think the first half of the season, really, whatever that means, because we don't really know what half the season will be, if there will be one. But let's just say they play, I don't know, whatever, they have a, a trade deadline in the summer. I think the Twins are going to be floating around third, fourth place in the division around that time. And then they will try to make some moves 
they'll move they'll move Kepler. Uh, I know they obviously won't move Buxton. They'll they'll maybe move Sano. Uh, they'll probably maybe move Josh Donaldson. So I, I my bet is that they will actually finish last in this division because they'll trade parts to get prospects. So, so you're saying they're gonna my, be sellers? They're gonna yeah, be I thought you I, yeah, yeah, no, when you said I make moves, I thought sellers. you meant they were gonna be buying. Yeah, I was I was I thought you were saying they were gonna be bring it in to make a push, not they well, were no. dumping the house. No, so my, my guess is the twins are going to be moving at least two or three pieces whenever the trade deadline is, and they will just be at the bottom of the of the division for at least two or three years. So I think they'll finish less, and that's why I don't think they'll come close to 70 wins. I mean, I could see it. Uh, honestly, I could see it. I just I think that the Twins are, are a better ball club than they're probably going to play, in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, look at the Sox. I think, yeah, like we were saying, the Sox are built to win for the next couple of years. Uh, they have, like Ben said, uh, projected MVP, barring he plays a season, you know, an entire season. would be nice to see him play. Um, yeah. Between him, Eloy, and who no longer is a White Sox, but Nick Madrigal, uh, they combined for 170 games last season. Wow. Like, you can't, you can't have those three that young – and that are projecting to lead your team for the next, you know, foreseeable future, playing and combining for 170 games. Yeah. Granted, last year was such a weird season. So many injuries, so many lower body leg injuries. Honestly, it was so weird. Yeah. Uh, hey, remember when that, Eloy, he ripped it, he ripped his chichi in spring training, and then the White Sox like <laughs> thought he died, and they hung his lock, he hung his jersey up in the locker, and all that other stuff. Gosh. It's like, bro, come on. Yeah, and you know what? The Sox last year were such a weird, like oddly just a well-rounded team all season. Like everybody they put in that came up from the minors, all three, four guys, whoever it was, Yermin, Mercedes, Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn, all these guys contributed immensely in, you know, one ball games. And like, look at Yermin Mercedes went like what? Eight for eight to start the season. Yeah. He didn't even finish the year with the team. No, he didn't. He walked. He walked yeah, out of baseball so for a little bit there. Uh, but he's you know, he's back. He is, on him. he is back. He's playing, and he said he uh, he apologized for walking out on the team, and uh, he's now Good rumored to be in contention with Gavin Sheets and Vaughn uh, as the starting DH on the team. So we'll see. I wouldn't mind carrying two catchers. Um, I don't think your mean Mercedes is going to be a catcher going forward. But, no. but I just think that limits the need to have him on the team. He's not like his start of the season is not who he is as a player. Right. No, like, this is the same thing we no. were talking about Tommy white. I do. I hope he continues to put up my, you know, massive numbers and be great. Sure. But what's more likely going to happen is that he's not going to do that. And he will come back down to earth. And it's the same thing that happened to Mercedes. Once pitchers figured out how to get him out, it was really easy to get him out. Yeah, he got himself out. So, 
yeah. So, I mean, it, unless he's making wholesale changes and figuring out how to hit major league pitching at a different level, the, the need to have him on a team, if he's not going to be your backup catcher. Well, yeah, his hot, his, his hot streak to the start of the season was purely because he had, nobody had a book on him. They knew nothing about this guy who was making his major league debut after being in baseball for like 11 years, years yeah. had never actually played a major league baseball game before. Every his entire career was minor league baseball up until the start of the season. You know, you know, so nobody knew how to pitch him. Nobody knew what to do, and he he took full advantage of getting a lot of fastballs hitting at the lower end of the lineup. Yeah, you know, in in defense of your uh, of your mean, uh, there's any every player comes up, and you know teams don't have the book on them, but they don't start off that hot. No, so, it was a historical start to a season, man. He set White Sox records for starting a season without making an error. Like, the dude was yeah. untouchable, and, you know, then they're like, wait a minute, let's take a look at this. He's hitting nothing but middle half to in inside pitching and, you know. You know what's great is that we're talking about a guy who's in contention for DH. He's in contention. We're not talking about the factual starters. We're talking, yeah, talking about, about like a, yeah, an 11th player. And we're debating but that's, him. But that's my point to the Sox depth going forward. Yeah. You know, that's 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 my point to the Sox depth going forward. Is they're they're built to win for the long term and hopefully what seems to be the next five plus years. I think that I think. This is this this is uh, Rick Hahn and Kenny have actually put together a team. They've made enough trans enough acquisitions in the last couple of years, acquiring Eloy, you know, um, acquiring the pitching staff, <laughs> acquiring Campbell, the you're pitching welcome. staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you're welcome. Anybody else? Anybody sucked. else you want? Ryan Perez sucks. I re- I really regret that trade. I would gladly take Nick Madrigal back at second base, man. Tapera was we had, have, we, we had to have given up Campbell for magical. It yeah. was uh, you. You probably gave us like three hot no, dogs and a bag of balls for Tapera. I, I, <laughs> I forget what the actual trade was, but it was uh, Nick Magical and uh, I forget the other minor leaguer's name that we gave you for Kimbrel. Whoever, whoever it was, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. What about so, you? What do you think? You've been quiet over there. I just hope the White Sox win. I mean, I don't know anything about any of this. So, <laughs> go White Sox. All right, way to do your homework. <laughs> yeah, That's let me right. read about the entire like <laughs> league. Come on, dude. All you gotta do is Google which division we're talking about next and do prediction. Uh, Google Chicago White Sox, and I'll read all of their stats and be like, "These guys look good." And you're like, "That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> That was six years ago. What? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it only hits high and inside fastballs. You freaking idiot. Like we're talking yeah. about the 1910 White Sox, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have totally a lot of him. To do, though. Yeah, he's clearly a breaking ball hitter, you dumb dumb. Like, come on. Wise up. Everybody knows that. No, right. well, so a clear sign of, uh, like, somebody getting cute and not listening to scouting reports was uh, Katie took me to a Sox game last year, which ended up being – a double header, nice. Because uh, the game I think prior to had got rained out, which made our game that was a regularly scheduled game just turn into a double header. Which last year's rules were two seven inning games. 
Yeah. And Sox won both games on walk-offs in mm-hmm. the bottom of the seventh inning. We caught the you know fourth inning on from game one, and then we stayed through our regular scheduled game for game two. Uh, but game two was my whole point was I want to say it was it was the Twins. I think it was the Twins. And I think it was Jose Barrios actually pitching, and mm-hmm. the entire the first two the first two games, Gavin Sheets was like 0-4 to start the two the whole day, all outside down in the dirt, off speed, off speed. Kid couldn't keep his weight back. Kid couldn't back. He could could not keep the bat back to save his life. Bottom of the seventh. He's got two strikes on him. And he decides to try to rush a fastball in on his hands. And the kid hit it about 430 feet over the fence. Oh. Um, he hit an 800-G. I can't believe we're talking about an Isaac Walton walk-off. Oh, in the seventh <laughs> inning. Super cool, man. <laughs> yeah, great. Cool, cool, cool. cool. And that's way to contribute to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> A walk-off, which so, you never hit. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think a walk-off. I don't even. Off I don't even don't tell him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Ben, you never even one-hopped the fence at Isaac. Uh, probably not, no. I was very frail. I was a very skinny boy back in the day. Yeah, I was fast, though. You couldn't catch me in a race. I was fat. I bet you I can now. The jet. Now I'm just fat. Yeah, I just lost the ass. <laughs> lost the ass. Let's go. You know, while we're talking about Chicago, let's actually kind of round third and head head home. And let's have our weekly Chicago sports team take of the week. And Dan, you actually are going to lead us off. What is your take of the week for a Chicago sports team? Come on, Jake. You know how hard it is for him to go first. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. So much pressure. Uh, all right, Ben, um, do you want to go? Go ahead. I don't care. Go ahead, Bud Light. Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. go. Ahead. Um, Bud Light. Bud so the Bulls Light. lost today. Bulls lost against the Heat, which is a big game. They needed to win that. Um, you know, they're two first-place teams, and the Bulls actually lost by, like, 14, so it wasn't even that close. Um, disappointing because, you, you know, those are obviously games you need to win if you're trying to be a serious contender in the East or in basketball in general. Um, but overall, you know, I, I'm still looking forward to the rest of the bull season and then NFL free agency starts soon. So I'm hoping the bears make a sexy hire or, or not a hire, but a sexy, uh, signing, get somebody, you know, that moves the needle. Um, and, and realistically we need some offensive line help. So I want to see who shakes out on the offensive line, uh, that's available in free agency that the bears can kind of take a move on. So bears and bulls, that's what I care. Good. Dan, watch you go now that you're not first. Mm, still so much pressure. Uh, no, I was I was honestly going to talk about the Hawks. Uh, just being – it's so streaky lately. It's it's really frustrating. They're not a good hockey team right now. Uh, they're not – Pretty good it's, at it's, bad. It's, it's kind of painful to watch a lot of the games lately because um, they go – they go in spurts, man, and it's just – it's frustrating. But also, honestly, I was going to more point on Ben already talking about the, the Bears coming up with the free agency. And I really, really want to see the Bears. And I want to see how the new front office 
pushes in free agency. Uh, I agree the Bears are going to need offensive line help. Um, but there's a lot of other guys out there at skilled positions that I think the Bears need to address. You need a big physical wide receiver. You're going to uh, – I Almost think like it's had probably them. clear and – it's probably clear that he ain't coming back and Allen Robinson. And uh, there's a lot of guys that, you know, could fit that role that seem like they're not going to return to their previous team. Uh, and I'd like to see the Bears at least make a run at people to see that they're not just going to, yeah, we're good with what we got. No, because we ain't got I'd like, anything good. I'd like to see, I'd like to see effort. I really would. I'd like to see the Bears really pursue you know, even it's, it's a long shot. I get it, but I'd like to see the Bears pursue a guy like Devontae Adams. Now, whether or not he wants to come to Chicago, given his history with Green Bay and his probably dislike for Chicago, but I, uh, hey, money talks, buddy. Money talks. Hey, I, offering yes, the most I'm money, hoping. Man. I am hoping money talks. Yes. What's your take of the week? Uh, I don't know. I just hope baseball starts up. I've kind of, I guess I don't, I like, I've, I've just been watching hockey like when I can. Um, mm. I got Nashville. I mean, I got the Predators down here. So Ooh. it's a little bit easier to watch than the Hawks, but I'm still a Hawks fan. So it's like, it's still just, I'd rather baseball just start up. What is so a, hopefully. what is a Predator though? Is it like a cat? Is there a mascot like, a cat? Like saber teeth. Yeah. It's saber like teeth. a, uh, it's, it's supposed to be like a mountain lion type cat. Yeah. They should call themselves the Saber Tooth Tigers. That's way cooler. Uh, Dude, sure that cooler. And then Too adopt long. the Power Rangers. <laughs> and I'm always the one who ta- ends up talking about a soccer team in the city. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of talking about Jake and his the ESPN OSQ. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> I I do not care. I'm talking, and the fact that soccer is an obscure sport is insane. But either way, I believe it. Okay. Uh, I'm I am going to talk about the Chicago Fire, the the men's soccer team. They are unfortunately ranked pretty low this year in the MLS in the power rankings. They're eight. They're ranked 18th. Their first game of the year was this past weekend. They Only tied against teams. I mean, they're pretty low. Let's say that. Yeah, there's 12 teams and they're ranked 18th. <laughs> yep. No, there's a couple so of high I'm... school teams actually like fitting in there. <laughs> yeah. This guy named Jack. So, he's number 15. Uh, they they tied their opening game against uh, Miami uh, uh, this past weekend, and their next game is this upcoming weekend. They have a pretty sketchy defense, and in all honesty, if anywhere, if anyone was to watch them, even soccer fans, you may have some trouble catching who some of these guys are. So let's hope they turn around and you know step up. So that's my take, and you know I'll be watching them uh, this upcoming weekend, March fifth. They play Orlando, so we'll see. Uh, I know, unfortunately, they're not on ESPN eight, but we'll see. They couldn't even cut. They couldn't even crack the ocho. <laughs> no, not the ocho. But either way, <laughs> I mean, it's no curling, so you know. it's not. Not quite there. 
Nothing. So this, That's a real this, sport. This is actually going to wrap up episode nine of the podcast on a family basis. Again, my name is Jake. Dan, why don't you go next? I guess I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm Dallas. And I am still Ben. We have to establish an order, okay? That's just how it goes. Before right? we go next for next episode, we need to figure out the order. I need I need precise instruction. It is this is the instruction. It's me, you, Dallas, Ben. That's it. Done. I don't agree. That is the instruction. It's, it's, it's a it's a discombobulated order. You cannot ask for instruction and then break instruction. <laughs> sure. right. You make the same I 100% can. This is Tell me what to do. I don't Rewind do your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, this is, this is going to wrap it up. And we'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we have some agreement. As we've already said, we doubt it. So we'll see. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye. 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 bye.